Well, good morning. Glad to have you online at Lincoln Hills Christian Church Worship Service. I'm Webby Oglesby. That's short for Webster. I've been around this place for a long time. And I invite you to be here every Sunday morning because uh, there's some great things going on at this church. But we are starting a brand new series this morning. And uh, the series is called Strange Things. And what that's all about is the things that Jesus said to people in his teaching and in his one-on-one meetings with folks that were very strange in uh, coming from the Son of God, the Savior. And I I want you to be involved in this message, so uh, if you would like to do this, that's fine. If you don't, that's okay also. But I'm going to use two phrases. One is, it's strange. And the other one is, it's not strange. So every time you hear me say it's, then you can finish it if you'll keep up with where I am in these two phrases. I don't know how it will work, but we'll see. Maybe we'll have a little uh, levity uh, trying to keep up with it as we go through this message. Today, the title of the sermon is, Sell My Stuff? Now this comes from Matthew, the 19th chapter, uh, and it's strange, and if you'd like to say that with me, it's strange that a young, rich ruler, as Mark describes him in his gospel, would come, and Mark says he fell on his knees before Jesus. Now, it's not strange that he asked Jesus this question, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? That's in verse 16. You see, he calls Jesus teacher. He doesn't call him Lord. And and he's kind of wanting to know, is there a good person, a ward, something that God's going to really be good to me and take me to heaven because I'm a good person? Well, it's strange that Jesus asked him a question. Why do you ask me about what is good? You see, The young man did not ask who is good. He asked, what is good? And Jesus says, only God is good. And then Jesus says this, obey his commands. Now, it's not strange that the young man replies and says, well, which ones? He wants to know exactly. Well, what about all of them, I would say? And actually, Jesus is going to say that in so many words in a moment, but Uh, In 18 through 19, Jesus gives him the last of the Ten Commandments, starting with the fifth one. And he labels them out. In fact, if, if we look in Matthew 19, here's what Jesus says. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. And love your neighbor as yourself. Now, those are the people-to-people commands. And it's, that, that fact is going to be very interesting here in a moment. It's not strange that this young man comes back in verse 20 and says, Well, I've kept all of these. What else do I need to do? Now listen, uh, it's not strange that this young man had not broken those. Why? Murder, stealing, Honoring your father and mother, those are people-to-people things, like I said. And Jesus says, well, what about God? That's where he's going with his conversation. What about God? What about all of the Ten Commandments? And have you honored him in your life? 
I can understand you haven't murdered anybody or you haven't stolen things from people. Uh, you've not borne any false witness against somebody. But see, it's strange because at this point, you have to think, this young man really has some issues. <laughs> uh, he's not just wanting to go to heaven and the, talking about what do I need to do to be good enough to go to heaven. This young man's not content. He's rich. He has everything he wants. He has no problems in that respect. He has some authority because he's called a ruler. So he's, but he's not content. There's something missing. So it's not strange. Jesus knows what is missing. Jesus knows what's missing in our lives, too. You see, this young man had no relationship with his creator, God. And Jesus knew that. It's strange what Jesus tells him uh, would be strange to anybody. Be strange to you, maybe. Because here's what Jesus says in verse 21. He says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. Well, see, this is the benchmark. This is where we want to go and, and find out uh, exactly where we're going. See, a benchmark is a, it's a building term that actually is used by surveyors. There'll be a point where there's an elevation, and you... You find that elevation and you build a building to that elevation if that's the one you want. And you always go back to that benchmark and it kind of keeps you on track. Well, this is what Jesus is doing with this young man. And, and I don't know about you, but it gives me pause that Jesus uses this word perfect. Well, I want to uh, take you back to the Greek because the word in the Greek means complete. Now, there's a little difference in understanding what's perfect and complete. What Jesus is saying, there's something missing. If you have a, a go to a watchmaker and a watch has a lot of moving parts, at least the old wind-up watches did, if there was one little gear or one little thing out of that watch, then it wouldn't be complete. So you would have to add that thing that was missing to make that watch complete. And that's what Jesus is getting to with this young man. And actually, John writes this in his first letter in chapter 2 and verse 5. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. See, it's not just important that we have faith. It's important that we obey the word of God. And he says, this is how we know we are in him, because we're willing to obey his word. And then he says in verse 6, whoever claims to live in him must walk like Jesus did. This young man was, he wanted to know how Jesus walked. I mean, he knew about Jesus. But Jesus throws him a curve. So it's not strange. Here's what the young man does. When he heard this, this young man, when he heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Verse 27. He did not want to give up his wealth to follow Jesus. He asked about going to heaven, but his treasures were here on earth. And, and he says, if you will go sell your possessions, Jesus tells him, and give to the poor, show the heart of God, you'll have treasure in heaven. 
The young man did not go for it. So it's strange. Why is it strange? Because we also know when something is missing in our own lives, don't we? But many times we don't do anything about it. And that's strange. Listen, it's the only thing that goes around with us humans. We want to know, but we really don't want to know many times. We want to know, but we don't want to know because we already know. Now, that sounds like double talk, but you think about it for a while. It'll make more sense. See, Jesus never stops challenging us with the deep truths of God's plan. And his desire for us is to be righteous. He wants us to be, yes, good, but right in the eyes of God. It's not strange that this young man walks away from Jesus. Jesus tells him how to get to heaven. He loves his wealth. But he doesn't love God as much as he does his wealth. Think about this. It's strange. When confronted with choices, choices we might have, God's way or my way, many people choose my way and not God's way. And that's what this young man does. Some choices in life are not that important, are they? Like, do we eat at Cracker Barrel or Jimmy John's? Every Tuesday, we have a staff meeting at Lincoln Hills, and, and uh, uh, we have a worship meeting with the ministry types, and then everybody on staff comes together at 1030. And every Tuesday, we try to eat lunch together. And whoever has the opportunity to go with us, sometimes everybody doesn't go, sometimes they do. There's always, well, where are we going to eat And you think, well, that's kind of important, but that's not very important. Not at all. Do we eat at Cracker Barrel or Jimmy John's or anywhere else? But here's the thing. Abundant, purposeful life and eternal life are very important. More important than where we eat. And sometimes we treat that decision the same way we treat the decision, where should I eat lunch? We put them in the same category. See, Jesus lays out the answer to life, and this man passed it up. This young, rich ruler passes it up. He walks away. And I would ask you, isn't that strange? He got his answer, but he didn't want to follow the answer. Giving up his possessions was too much for Jesus to ask. What is it that you need to give up in your life? Maybe it's sin. What sin has you shackled? Do you need to give it up? Sure you do. That's a great great comment. Do you need to give it up? Well, sure you do. But what gets your love and what gets your devotion? Are you more devoted to your things and the stuff that you own? And if Jesus says, well, go sell your stuff, he said, sell my stuff. You got to be kidding, Lord. See, Paul uh, asked the same kind of question when he wrote the letter to the Galatian church. And here's what it says. And it's strange to a lot of people. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
So Paul says, stand firm, you Christians, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened by yoke of slavery. In other words, Paul's saying, you didn't look at it this way, but it might be strange to you that when you're living in sin and claiming Jesus, you are back in slavery to sin. This young man says, I can't do this. I can't do that. He says, be a good person, and I'll have eternal life. That's what I really want to do. And Jesus tells him exactly how to have eternal life, and he refuses it. Are we like that? We know what Jesus has told us in his word. And maybe, I don't know how many sermons you've heard preached, lessons that you've heard, uh, scripture that you've read, prayers that you've prayed. It's not strange that in verse 23, Jesus goes to that old eye of the camel thing. It's easier for a rich man to go through the eyes of a needle. Now listen, is it because Jesus makes it hard to go to heaven? No, he doesn't. Jesus knows that wealth and stuff are a great temptation for we human beings. It's strange that the twelve... In verse 25, are astonished, the writer says. And then they ask, then, and who can be saved, Lord? If, if being good is not good enough, then who can be saved? And I love Jesus' answer here in verse 26. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. See, you can only be saved through Jesus. Uh, and you can only be saved in God's will. You can't be good enough, and you can't do enough good. It's through the, the, the blood that was shed through Jesus Christ. And then him being raised from the dead, the gospel, that good news. Sins removed, eternal life in the, in, on the horizon. In verse 29, Matthew says, Those who will sacrifice for me, quoting Jesus, they left houses, brothers, sisters, parents, children, land, for my sake. It's not strange that your thinking is wrong, in other words. In verse 30, he says the first will be last, and the last will be first. This rich, influential young man walked away very sad. He thought he could earn his salvation by just being a good person. It's strange. The words of Jesus have a way of boggling the mind and the experience. But it's not strange. Listen, I've, I've witnessed this. People will give up time. They will give up energy. They will give up food and so forth to be the first one in line for a concert ticket. Isn't that something? After all the human effort, tickets are bought and punched, we still cannot save ourselves. Sell my stuff? The only effort that changes our attitude about our stuff is to see our stuff in a different light. And Jesus nails it in chapter 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
This young man would not sell his possessions and give to the poor. And that's exactly what he needed. But you see, his life was not content because he was not rich toward God. He was rich toward all of his material possessions. You know, it's, it's so important that we get it. Would we balk at selling our stuff and following Jesus? This young man did. He walked away sad. My prayer for you is that you won't do that, that you will stay steadfast and stand firm in the Lord. Maybe you're listening to this today and you don't know Jesus and you've never made a commitment to him and obeyed him. My prayer is that you will do that. Let's have a word of prayer this morning as we close out this sermon. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus came to this earth. We, we thank you that he spoke in strange ways sometimes to get our attention, to rattle us and shake us so that we would see the truth of God's love for us in him. Father, help us to take these words from Scripture and apply them to our lives. I pray this morning that someone listening to this sermon will turn their life over to Jesus and not be like this rich man, but yet will be obedient and fall at Jesus' feet and actually do what he says. Father, thank you for loving us in Christ Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.